You're listening to the White Hot Magazine of Contemporary Art podcast. Visit us online at whitehotmagazine.com. The best art in the world since 2005. Hello, this is Brian Leo, and I am sitting here right now with Susan Ely. Uh, Susan Ely runs a gallery uh, called Susan Ely Fine Art, located at 190 mm-hmm. um, Orchard Street. So there's a current exhibition up right now entitled Fire and Flurry, and it features artist D.D. O'Connell or Deirdre O'Connell and Jackie Schatz. I learned about the show from Jackie Schatz's uh, post on Instagram, and uh, I've corresponded with Jackie Schatz uh, on and off over the last couple years, I think since 2020, and I was happy to see that uh, Susan Ely Fine Art uh, was open on a Sunday um, on, you know, on Orchard Street at her... Uh, her new spot on uh, the Lower East Side. This is your second exhibition, um, Susan. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So thank you for the intro. I'm delighted to be speaking with you here for White Hot Magazine's podcast. Uh, we did open on the Lower East Side three months ago. And you're right, this is just our second exhibition there. But we, um, I established the gallery in 2006, so almost 17 years ago now, on the Upper West Side. And we temporarily closed that space during the pandemic. And I opened a pop-up space on um, Warren Street in Hudson, New York, right in the center of the Hudson Valley. And that was meant to just be a temporary spot, but we were having so much fun and it was so successful. So that's still open. And I've moved the Upper West Side space down to the Lower East Side. Right. So uh, just to clarify, Susan Ely is currently running two separate gallery spaces. Oh, I mean, it's two separate gallery spaces under the name Susan Ely Fine Art. Yeah, right? which so, might, might be really dumb or hopefully really smart, but it's certainly challenging and a lot of work. Yeah. So um, there's the spot which I mentioned that features uh, the current exhibition Fire and Flurry, Fire and Flurry um, down on 190 Orchard Street. And the other exhibition is on Warren Street in the Hudson Valley, um, which Susan opened up during the pandemic, um, uh, was it June 2020? July 2020. Right. So that um, in itself to open or, well, I mean, it originally was a pop-up space at Warren, you were saying, right? Yes. On Warren Street. And um, during the pandemic, I know that you felt at some point in 2020 that you wanted to um, get back to seeing work on the walls and um, and having some real interactions, physical interactions, like people actually physically being able to visit uh, mm-hmm. an actual exhibit, right? Yeah. Because you had, with your Upper West Side um, space, um, during the pandemic, you had conducted um, like online programming. Well, and we really closed that space down. And the online programming that we were doing was all digital. So we had virtual exhibitions like so many galleries were doing. So, yeah. And virtual artist talks and lots of Zoom artist panels and collector panels and discussions and it was fine and it was 
interesting enough. So but... do you do you remember that moment around I guess March um, twenty twenty when online viewing room and people just like trying to create virtual like exhibitions and uh, there was a there were there was by appointment in some physical spaces mm -hmm. still like um, mm -hmm. you know where it was I guess. Um, relegated to like just like five people per hour or things like that or you know like yeah, yeah like uh, people could view every few minutes and things so um, so you felt a need uh, and you saw an opportunity to to go up to uh, Hudson Valley in upstate New York to um, I to feature art what was what was the first exhibit that you con conducted over there in 2020 of July I think that it was a group show because I, I didn't know anything about how people would respond and if people would even come out of their homes and go to shows. Were these your artists from yes. the Upper West Side? Yes, they mm -hmm. were from our um, regular group of artists. So we have 24 artists on our website who we mm -hmm. represent. Um, and of the 24, 18 are women, I want to point out. 75% of our roster are female artists. Yes. Um, so we drew from, from that group of artists because I wanted to start with artists who were well-established with us, who I knew well, and that's and how we began there. Your gallery is a female-run space. Your, um, I guess your, um, what, what's, Pres what's Presley's uh, position Presley, again? she's a gallery assistant, and then I have an assistant director. So Presley runs the New York Lower East Side space, manages that, and her name is Presley Parker, recent grad from UT Austin, and she's wonderful and fabulous. And then we have Liz Lawrence, who is assistant director of the whole gallery under me, and she runs the Hudson space. Right. And she has a master's in curatorial studies from Bard. So she was local, so it was really wonderful to find her and hire her because she had lots of um, local knowledge and had come up through school there. Right, so uh, going back to the group show that you uh I guess you uh, had your inaugural show up on uh, on Warren Street in Hudson Valley. Um, what what was the experience like? Um, was yeah. there was there an opening for that oh, show? Oh yeah, we there was. Trying to think back now, I believe we had a reception. Everyone was in a mask, and people came in. And you know, slowly the other retail shops on Warren Street were reopening, and I always thought that. A gallery was a great place during the pandemic because people come in and they don't touch anything and you don't have to get very close to people and you can stand in front of a wall and look at a painting without handling anything so it wasn't like a home goods store where people come in and you know spread germs everywhere and touch right so so we we managed to there were definitely a few events in the beginning where we had RSVP only and you had to check in with us at the door and when I felt there were too many people for a reception or a talk people had to wait outside but we were fortunate in that it was summer when we opened so we could keep our door open and there was good ventilation right and, yeah and so, I, I had a wonderful landlord who have a wonderful landlord who gave me you know a short lease so I could experiment right um so you know I admit that I have not been up to Hudson Valley to check out the art scene there, and I have been hearing about it for the last few years. Um, I did share with you that uh, I know Julie Torres, who runs 
what is it, Lab, Lab Space, Space, with her partner, who I don't think I know. Ellen, she's fabulous. They're right. both great. So you um, are familiar with um, the community there and different yes. exhibition spaces? Yeah, um, so there, there are Hudson, which is the name of the town, has um, over a dozen contemporary art galleries. And we all do really different things, so it's just a great group of gallerists up there. And then there are big institutions, of course, like Storm King, Dia Beacon, Olana, um, Thomas Cole House, um, Art Omai, which is like a mini Storm King. It's a sculpture garden that's a little north of Hudson. And in addition to those institutions, there are a lot, a lot of art initiatives that have kind of cropped up, like the Hudson Eye, which is an annual festival, which we're part of. There's Upstate Art Weekend, which is run by Helen Toomer, who's now just been appointed director of a new photo art fair that's going to be in New York at the Javits Center in September. So we're, we're a great group of people up there, and, and I think there's such a collaborative spirit. And because we're a small community, although growing, but we all know each other, we all support each other. And I started with two other art dealers up in Hudson, a gallery crawl, which is the second Saturday of every month. We all stay open late. And um, that's been wonderful to be a part of as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a different experience from them opening up here on the Lower East Side where I'm one in 500, you know. Right. Um, so what's the Art Weekend? Because it's the second Saturday of every month and it's, it's not Upstate Art Weekend? It's no, the those, are different, I, those are different things. So oh, there's okay. um, second Saturday oh, of yeah. every month um, galleries and also boutiques and, and mm -hmm. sure. shops stay open right? Late. Um, and in, in the winter it's till 8 and in the summer it's till 9 and we all keep our doors open and we have bands playing on the street and it, it's a lot of fun. So um, at Susan Ely Fine Art in uh, the Hudson Valley you had shown um, Jackie Schatz there right? Yes. And You've been working with the artist Deirdre O'Connell for uh, maybe more than 10 years. More than 10, So she, you, have, you had shown her work at, in the Upper West Side spot as yes. well. Yes. So yeah. you um, curated this show, Fire and Flurry, which is, again, located um, on 190 Orchard Street at Susan Ely Fine Art you know, on the Lower East Side. Um, you curated the show, a two, two female artists show, Deirdre O'Connell and Jackie Schatz, um, which one is fire and which one is flurry? <laughs> That's a good question. So we actually took the titles from titles of their their artwork. Mm -hmm. So this piece of, of this um, African-American woman standing with her arms crossed with sort of a gold crown, that's fire. And flurry, and that's by Deidre O'Connell, that's a painting. And this lovely ceramic sculpture by Jackie, with uh, lots of different colors, kind of uh, fantasy-based. She's not a real person, sort of a fictional, almost like a fairy. She's called Flurry. Yeah, um, you know, I had, I, I, I was kind of half joking if one of them was Fire or Flurry, <laughs> or, or just, you know, both of them were. Um, but for some reason, I do kind of think of Jackie Schatz's show as. Um, not fluffy, but I mean flurry. Like so, um, flurry as in like, I do. It makes me flurry makes me think of like something that's fluffy and also something that's like blurry too. So yeah. it's like fl uh, flurry is like 
you know, like a lot of snow falling down. Yeah. Um, Well, all all of that, I think you can interpret and it is in Jackie's work. Her work is about movement. It's about fairy tales and fantasy and, um, and flurries, you know, snow flurries or wind or weather. You know, she, in fact, I do, I own a piece by Jackie called Wind and it has so much movement in it. And Jackie used to dance ballet and she does talk oh. about incorporating movement of a dancer into all of her sculptures. Yeah, I may be slightly impartial because again, I found out about the show th- through Jackie Schatz and I have been speaking with her for the last couple years. So I am familiar with um, Jackie's work, but to s- this is the first time that I've seen it in person since mm. So Actually, what, what did you think when you saw it in person? It's similar to the way you're describing it. I, I, I like, I always, I, from whatever I saw online on Instagram, I, I always appreciated the uh, scale. I do like small scale work that's intimate and, um, I, you know, to be able to approach it in a, yeah, just uh, in, in a gallery space. Um, up close with, um, I mean, I, I was able to interpret the, or perceive the work a little differently than how it's depicted uh, online. I, of course, as so much art is, um, you know, um, very different seeing in person, right, than, than seeing, like, image, like yeah. um, reproduced. Um, well, especially sculpture. So, yeah, like, I was able to, I mean, from f- even looking at it now, yeah, I can, I can make out certain, um, some it looks more abstract when it's uh, reproduced on print or printed out and online and in person I, I notice that each sculpture um, is uh, either an animal or uh, like a humanoid mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. Um, and and then there's a lot of um, she uh, Jackie likes to think of her work as as painting and sculpture right so there's yes. there are there's beautiful um, palette um, of color um, that you know enhance the pieces as I um, yeah yeah she, she does talk about them being painting and sculpture at the same time because while they are three-dimensional objects they sit on the wall but you're not meant to just look at it just from the front you're meant to kind of look at it from the side yeah. and limbs protrude from everywhere and a skirt might be looking like it's blowing in the wind and um, you, you mentioned the color in the work. So she begin each piece is, I'm guessing about six to eight inches tall. They're quite small. And she begins with, a, she hand makes a ceramic sculpture and they, you talked about her human part animal. She loves those liminal spaces between man-made and nature, human and animal, movement and stillness. She's finding those spaces between all those extremes. And then, so she makes the sculpture, she fires it, she has a kiln in her studio, and then she paints it with acrylic paint, and she intentionally does not glaze them because she doesn't want uh, that high sheen Mm -hmm. that you'll see on a lot of ceramics. Mm -hmm. She wants them to look rough hewn, um, and she wants you to see the texture. brittle and plastery in a way, but they're, yeah, yeah, like over that effect. Um, As if they've been dug up from an archaeological site. Mm-hmm. She very much wants you to feel that as if there's a, a treasure that you've discovered. Right. 
And since you've worked with Deirdre O'Connell for how like more than ten years? Yeah. So so Deirdre, we call her. Yeah, yeah. she. We call her Dee Dee. That's what everyone calls her. And um, Dee Dee is an actor and a self-taught painter. So she's actually not just any old actor. She won a Tony Award last year for one woman show called Dana H, which was an astounding piece of theater. And she, she's, the show was closed during the pandemic and then it was revived again at the end of the, you know, in the last year and that's when she won the Tony for it, when it moved to Broadway. But Dee Dee, as a painter, always plums her world of theater. So the first couple of years that I showed her, her paintings were all based on Chekhov plays, and they were depicting characters in the plays, mostly women, all of whom she had played. And she just loves the playwright Chekhov. So she, she painted his, his work for, for many, many years. The current body of work that we're showing in Fire and Flurry is actually two series. The first one is a, a group of women called Eves, the Eve series, that was inspired by her participating in the March on Washington after Trump was elected. And she talks about the experience of being with a wall of women. And so during the pandemic, then she really dug into that concept and painted all these very small works on panel of individual women. And then more recently, she's painted portraits of colleagues and friends from the theater world. And they're real people, but they have a universal sense. And interestingly, many people have bought these paintings and they don't even know that these are actors or producers or directors. They just love the paintings. Right. So that, that is the, um, that's the fire part of the exhibition. Yeah, I read that um, she was inspired by the 2017 um, Women's March um, during that time. Um, I saw online that she had a series of women with uh, that all looked like they had masks on. Is that from one of this? Is that from That's because the they were painted during the pandemic. So oh, she okay. put so a that, mask it, on all the eaves. Okay, the that's, 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 is that the work and that's in this current fire and flurry though? That yeah. It is? Yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the work downstairs, yeah. all the work that's framed. The, the work downstairs. Yeah. yeah. They're um, all masked. The ones upstairs, though, are from the colleagues that you're that. Yes. Okay, so you you have, yeah. Um, it's also um, worth noting that um, at Susan Ely Fine Art um, on One Ninety Orchard Street, there there are two floors um, of exhibition space. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a great space with. Um, white floors and um, in both spaces and it's I, I like the the fact that the yeah the scale of the work and um, kind of the intimacy um, and um, the display of everything looks um, yeah just very conducive to to the work it complements it, it it fits it really well thank so, you it, yeah. it's gonna be really interesting to hang various shows there to see what how things look we have had a lot of small art so far, but, but we did, we showed Lisa Pressman and James Isherwood in our first exhibition. We did have some quite large pieces and that looks great on those very white walls, small walls as well. And it's exciting to have two floors I and mean, that's sort of a gift that you can oh, really yeah. essentially do 
two solo shows at the same time, or they can thematically relate, like Fire and Flurry. Right, so. right, right. So yeah, you could have two solo shows going on upstairs and downstairs with two different artists, but yeah, at, at Fire and Flurry, um, both Dee Dee and um, Jackie are, um, are on each floor, each level of the gallery. So um, yeah, we did mention you know the roster, um, the stable of artists that you currently have, and um, you have tw your your representing 24 artists and 18 of them are female artists um, and you know it, I did as as we have been talking today I mean I, I've, I've done some research online to just um, just see what's out there what has been written about um, with you know gender equality in the galleries and in the museums and you know, so we've shared links with each other, so we've read articles on Artsy and um, the Brooklyn Rail and the New York Times and um, what other, I mean, you yourself had written uh, an article for the Huffington Post in 2017, um, and it, it was, um, it, it referenced um, gender inequality in, in the art world. Um, and let's see. So, yeah, that, how, that's what, what been very like important to... to me. I think I, being a woman gallerist, I my mother is a painter. I got into all of this watching her paint, and she's a sculptor, Carol Eisner. And I think for me, they were watching her work with massive metal pieces as a young girl. I saw there are no limits to what you can do as a woman. So I, I just went into this without even really thinking that I wanted to show more women than men. It has been an unintentional, um, unintentional result of, of so running a gallery for all these years. This organic process for you and totally, just kind of unconscious. Totally organic. I have to say just women generally are way cooler to work with in this industry. They're more responsible, professional, organized, respectful, humble. I, I that is what my experience has been. Right, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's I mean that is your experience. Um and I, I do want to do my part as well to try to change the balance and make it more representational. Um, and more reflective of what's actually happening. So more over 50% of art students coming out of these art schools are women. And yet by the time they get into galleries, that's where you see an imbalance, that it's 30% women, 70% men in, in most galleries. And you can see this through reports that the Guerrilla Girls have done, um, the feminist activist group, and then more recently, the Gallery Tally Project, I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, Nicole Hebron's project. Mm -hmm. She highlights gender inequality in contemporary art galleries with these fabulous posters where she um, reveals very specific galleries and there's percentages of male artists and female artists and the, the inequality there. So I, I pay attention to all of that. I care about that. And I'm... Um, I'm happy to be doing in a small way our part to help correct that imbalance. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very well documented 
that um, the top museums in the USA still have 75% um, work from white male artists on the walls. And, um, and there has been some research conducted on um, gender inequality of representation in the, in the gallery district as well. Um, and then you, you do mention the fact that 50% of art school graduates um, from with BFAs or MFAs are, are female, so there's, there's a, a significant percentage. Um, yeah, I mean, this, is, this topic is something that um, is, is fascinating, is interesting, and it's, you know, I don't know if it's, it's not my expertise, <laughs> but um, I think that um, I've read from the research I've conducted today that younger galleries are um, consciously um, trying to represent um, more female artists um, and minorities um, to um, just advocate for diversity in the art world. And, um, and I think that um, this could just be the beginning of... Mm -hmm. um, I hope so. I, I hope more it's starting a, a more a trend, and galleries will develop this way. Right. So, um, having said that, though, yes, I'm showing two men in Hudson right now, and our next show in Hudson is also going to feature two men. <laughs> um, and I love men. I'm married to one of them. And, um, and you have three well, lovely I, daughters? I have three daughters, yes. Um, but I, I, I really just want to show great art. I think when we conversed briefly on Sunday when I visited your space, um, there was a point where you were running your space on the Upper West Side and you were raising the three daughters. And then um, I think I asked you, I mean, right now your daughters are adults now, right? So, yes. So there was a point where that... Uh, you were you felt like you could handle two galleries or was it do you remember us yeah. briefly talking about this yeah so i didn't open the gallery until my youngest daughter was about 7 or 8 and i i knew that i couldn't do it the way i wanted to do it when when they were younger and she would the gallery on the upper west side was above our apartment in a townhouse yeah so. i was going to ask you to do, i i hadn't had a chance to ever visit the upper west side um Susan Ely Fine Art. Um, so yeah, you were just going to describe that? A yeah, bit? so I had the opportunity to open the gallery in a vacant space there, and it was perfect because getting back to, again, so what... by appointment? No, we, we had hours, and I had a part-time assistant, and I had the greatest commute on the planet because I just walked upstairs, and I could mother the way I wanted to mother, and I could work the way I wanted to work, and I could go to school functions of my kids and take them to school in the morning and go to their ballet classes and recitals and mm -hmm. stuff and games. And that was always very, very important to me. So mm -hmm. I, while I had this dream to come downtown, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to realize that for some time. And now that they're all grown up, I can do this. And I, this is a lovely phase in, in my life. I'm almost 60 where I have time and I can focus on my career yeah. in a different way. It's amazing. I mean, to run two gallery spaces at one time and yeah, that's, uh, it's admirable and it's Thank not you. an easy feat. Um, 
Well, we all, it takes a village. And in my case, it takes having Liz and Presley because they're dynamic, brilliant, wonderful women who are helping me achieve this dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess um, we're almost about uh, 30 minutes. So um, well, let's see, uh, were, there, were there any other um, topics that we were going to talk about? I think... Um, well, I could I, I just mean, add yeah. one thing that um, in addition to our very active exhibition program in both locations, I've done many, many art fairs over the years, and I do love art fairs, although the pandemic kind of stalled that for us, but I do want to get back to that. And another thing that's happened during the pandemic is these online marketplaces like First Dibs and Artsy have really progressed and developed, and our gallery participates in both of those and a few others as well. And having a lot of outlets for sales enables you to to do this business and to be successful in this industry because to just sit in your gallery and hope people are going to come in may not always work so i really try to diversify our sales channels to give the business as much opportunity as possible to be successful right um you are on the lower east side now on 190 orchard street and i believe the foot traffic is is pretty good um, on the Upper West Side. You were you had the second floor um, space that was that had hours, um, but zero foot traffic. Yeah, I mean just celebrities walking by on in the Lower East Side. I mean there's a chance that people can pop in and um, and just you're on a ground. You have a ground floor space, so yeah. um, it's right between what Houston and. Rivington or? Um, I believe it's Houston and Stanton. Stanton, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. so around the corner we have Katz's Deli yeah. and Russ and Daughters and um, a couple different subway stops and it we get lots of tourists, we get lots of locals who live there. Yes. Art um, people and yeah, it's a lot of fun to have people just walk in. And I guess to wrap things up, um, let's see, do you have any words of wisdom for maybe young artists, maybe young female artists graduating from their BFA or MFA program, maybe this whatever. Yeah, great question. Stick with what you do and, and paint, just work. Just get up every day and get in your studio or your living room or wherever you paint and work. And don't wait for a muse to pop in. You are your own muse and just keep making work. And when you're ready and you feel that you have a body of work to show a professional, handle it as professionally as you can. Um, and and contact us. We're all we're all looking for great artists. Right. Yes. Um, I. I. What. I mean. What about the days of um, you know people interning at spaces and has that do you think that has changed since like the 80s or 90s i think it's better now because we pay our interns yeah yeah right yeah Yeah. you know when i was an intern i got maybe school credit but Mm -hmm. i i never got paid for my internships yeah now you have to pay right right and it's i still i think internships are a great way to get your foot in the door door. Mm -hmm. for sure yeah um so your next opening 
Well, this this current show, Fire and Flurry, will close on February eleventh, two thousand twenty-three. Yep. And um, your next opening will be a week later. We don't waste any time. So February sixteenth, on the Lower East Side, we're going to be opening a show called Posturing, and it's going to feature two artists, Kathy Osborne and Bradley Wood, and they both are figurative painters. They both have a um, quite a dark side, actually. Their work is both funny, sarcastic, very dry. Um, they're fabulous painters. And I, here we have one man and one woman we're showing. So I have shown them together before with another figurative painter in Hudson. But um, this will be the first time I'm showing both of them in, in New York City, in this space. Okay, and that opening will be from 6 to 8 p.m.? Correct. All right, and it's February 16th. 16th. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you to Noah Becker for uh, allowing us to uh, conduct this discussion slash interview. And, and thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And thanks, Noah. Yeah. Thank you, Susan Ely. All right. Bye. So we'll see you around. Bye.